Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You know, I was going to talk a little bit about Tiger Woods. But let me get to that in a second. Matthew Collar in for Steve Thompson here on a blustery Saturday in which I am a tad out of breath because for some reason... I parked my car, paid for my parking, came inside, and then 10 minutes later, 
They put one of those red socks over it that says no parking here. And I'm, am I good? I was here before you put the sock on the thing. I don't know. So I decided to just run down, move the car. So now I'm back. But during that news report we were just listening to, they were talking about the box office for next year. There's a few different ways I want to go with this. One is it's been a long known thing that you can't predict box office. You, you can't. It's, it's random. And the reporter mentions that last year, even the Barbie movie was not expected to explode the way that it did and that it did. And that like carried the industry that in Oppenheimer, it became a big thing. And we really don't know what movies will be big. And that reminds me of the NFL draft (laughs) because as I'm preparing myself for the draft, I keep looking into quarterbacks looking for any evidence of why certain quarterbacks succeed and fail. And so I decided to do an article on it. And I interviewed Brad Johnson, former Viking. I interviewed two former scouts and a couple of people who do it for a living on the internet. And nobody knows. Nobody knows. They try. They try to gather all the information they can. The scouts had different theories to try to help them, but nobody really knows. It's like the box office. You don't really know what movie people are going to latch on to. You don't really know what quarterback is going to be great. And I was looking up past mock drafts, and what a journey that is. Patrick Mahomes was mocked to be the 25th player off the board in the year that he went by ESPN's top draft analyst at the time. I was like, he goes number 10. They pick running backs ahead of him, and he becomes the best quarterback ever. Even though it's probably gotten better at identifying which guys are potential quarterbacks, as opposed to, you know, Tom Brady or Joe Montana, who weren't first round picks. I think we're better at it now, though Brock Purdy was in the Super Bowl, so maybe we're not. But as far as first-round picks, a lot of, if you look at the playoffs, a lot of the quarterbacks were first-round picks. Makes sense. There's a lot of more data, a lot more things they can study to figure out which guys are the top players. But it's still random. And no movie industry business would ever say, you know what? It's too random. We're too afraid of the movie failing. We're not going to make it. We're too afraid of movies. Maybe they do that. We're too afraid of playing movies that might not succeed. So we're not going to have them in a theater. You would just not even have a theater. And it's the same. I feel the same way about the draft and the Vikings, where if everything you come back to is just, well, we're afraid of it failing, then just move the team. Like if you're afraid of things that you do fail all the time, you've drafted receivers that failed. You didn't stop drafting receivers. They drafted Laquan Treadwell. And then Justin Jefferson. Nobody can predict this stuff. Sometimes you just have to take a swing at it. Sometimes you just have to make your movie and see if people like it. And if they don't, guess what? They don't shut it down. They make another movie. Same thing with the Vikings quarterback situation. But if you keep playing the same movie, you don't succeed. You don't succeed if you keep playing the same movie over and over again, which is what it would be if they brought Cousins back on an expensive contract. How about that? Hey, a uh, question for you about the movies though. Do you go to movies? I only went to one last year, but I, I, I typically do go to a handful per year. Yeah. So uh, it was a big part of the relationship with the wife mm-hmm. for a long time from, I, I think we met in 07 or something for 
that until 2019, early 2020. Mm-hmm. Big thing. We went to movies all the time. If there was something that came out that had buzz, then we would see it. We'd see the Oscar movies if we hadn't seen them throughout the year and they looked interesting, whatever. It was a fairly regular thing. And then when 2020 happened, nobody went to the movies for a long time, of course, and we haven't gone back. Just I haven't been to a movie since the pandemic started in the theater. And it has nothing to do with, at this point in the game, it has nothing to do with COVID fear at this point. It, it would have maybe early on, of course. Yeah. I didn't really even masked up feel that great about, well, sitting there for two hours with the mask on. Hey, we're still going to run the 30 minutes of previews and everything else. Uh, sitting close to people. It just th- That whole thing didn't feel very good to me at that moment. But we just started to get these things where with HBO or whatever else, you can download the movie. You could pay 20 bucks to watch it at home. Mm-hmm. And I became much more comfortable with that. And then all the things that were downsides of going to the movies, like the cost and the people and so forth, they all started to seem like more daunting to go back because through the years, you have movies that you go to that get ruined. You know, you got some of those teenagers who are screwing around in the theater or whatever. You know what I mean? Crying baby or people talking, whatever it might be. And it's that to go along with the long previews to go, you know, all the stuff, the time commitment that it took as opposed to, Hey, if I want to watch Oppenheimer, I can watch an hour at a time at my house. And I have elected for this convenience over going to the movies. And yet I feel guilty about this because I want great movies to continue to come out mm-hmm. and I want the movie industry to succeed. And I really enjoy uh, the, the artwork that comes out and the nonsense that comes out. I watched uh, Sonic 2 on a plane, and uh, that was pretty fun, Sonic and Sonic 2. I, I, li- I like all of it. I've always just enjoyed uh, watching movies, going to the movies. And so I feel guilty, and yet I have not been able to make myself go back because it's just so convenient to sit on my couch. And I wonder if this is like a societal issue. <laughs> Is for so many things like here I am in the studio and a lot of hosts now throughout the country and on this station do the show from home. But if you do the show from home and this is not a criticism of those who do, it's everybody's choice, but it's harder to communicate. I think with the audience, it's harder to communicate with the producer for sure. If you are at home, then I have to text you and so forth. And if I want you to jump in, I can just sort of be like, Hey, jump in. Or if you've got a problem, you can wave to me and tell me there's a problem. I don't know the clock, so I don't know when I'm supposed to take breaks. So you just tell me like, there's a lot of benefits in the world. And I was listening to a podcast kind of about this, about information and how it was shared 20, 30, 40 years ago by a lot of word of mouth of people gathering at places, your watering hole, your movie theater, your whatever, getting to go out and share ideas with people. And part of the assessment or the assertion, I should say, of the people who were doing the podcast was that spreading information that way through conversations with people face to face in public was less radical in people's opinions Because if you're saying something face-to-face with someone, you are 
trying, I think, to get along and have a discussion much more than an argument, where if you are sitting behind a computer, that you're more likely to go over the top, right? And also, if you hear something or you think something that's a little bit too far, a little bit too crazy, then your friends can be like, hey, hey, man, we're your friends, and we're telling you it's a little bit on the crazy side. Oh, okay, all right. That's not to say there was no such thing as people being radicalized in the past. It's just that... There is value to human interaction, to going to the movies, to going to a restaurant or a bar that you like to gather at and meet your friends at, to going to the ball games, to, you know, that sort of stuff that I don't want to lose touch with just because I don't want someone to talk over the movie. And yet that's kind of what I've let happen. Now, of course, I'm, you know, going to sports games all the time and it's not like I have you know, become a hermit or something. <laughs> but the amount of time that we spend behind computers versus going out in the world has changed significantly. And I wonder about that, like what the impact could be. So I'm hoping that it is a big year for the movie industry and the Vikings should draft a quarterback. That's what that, those are your two big they takeaways. They, those they are have your two everything ta- to do with each other. Yes. Those yes. are your two takeaways. Hey, isn't that a good example though of, and, and we can use – everyone could use 100 political examples. And I've got a short story about an Uber ride that was really crazy at the Super Bowl for me. Um, but Kirk Cousins is a great example of how if you are talking to your friend in person about Kirk Cousins and you don't want him back and your friend does, more likely than not, you're going to try to find some middle ground with your friend. You're not going to be like – Bleep you. <laughs> Maybe you are, but you more it's if aggressive. you want him to if you want him to stay your friend, yeah. you're not going to say to your friend, I hate you and you are the stupidest football lover I've ever met and <laughs> get out of here. I'm blocking you in person. You're more likely to be like, "Ah, you know, the the contract thing and just fourth and 80 check down and so forth." And then the your friend is going to say, "Hey, it's hard to find a good quarterback, isn't it? And you say, well, yeah, I guess I understand your point. And you have a discussion. And you might not change each other's lives, yeah. but you're doing it in much more of a normal fashion as humans. Whereas on the Internet, you block that person, you yell at them, you find only people who agree with you to gather in your little online space so you hear nothing and see nothing of anybody else who might share other ideas. And that's like we not better. It's not better. <laughs> It's not, it can't be better for society for things to be that way. So it does kind of tie into that a little bit. And the world has largely gone back. The movie industry has succeeded over the last, you know, two years. Uh, the Top Gun movie and then Barbie and Oppenheimer. The, and stri- so, the strikes ending definitely helped. Yes, yes. Yes. And I'm glad that that got worked out and so forth. And we can go forward in our lives and. Otherwise, we would probably I, be getting reruns of movies because that was getting really close to, all right, we got nothing new coming out. <laughs> what are we going to do as far as new release movies? As if every movie isn't already 
you know, a revamp su- version superhero of the previous, yeah. seven or whatever. Although yeah. I did say to you, I'm interested in Deadpool three. So maybe Deadpool three will be the time that I go back. If you haven't yeah. seen those movies, make sure you're an adult. I, that's those aren't you're kids you're in it for movies. Deadpool three. I'm in it for Twisters because I'm I, oh, I, Twisters. I'm from Oklahoma, so I love Twisters. So now, I can't wait to see the. I never thought I'd see the day where a sequel to Twister would come out, but here we are. Maybe it's just a revamped version of it. I don't know. Did you see Twister? Like the original one? Yeah, yeah. I love I love Twister. I've seen it a million times, but I'm also very surprised that when I first heard about it, I thought it was just some Reddit article or something. But no, Twisters is actually being made, and it's actually got a decent star-studded cast, and I'm actually intrigued by what they're going to do with it because it's been almost 30 years since the last one, the first one came out. So, uh yeah, definitely not a sequel I had in, in, in my uh, bingo card for this year, but here we are. I try not to get annoyed with sequels. I, I would prefer original stuff. But then I remember finding out that Scarface was made in, like, the 30s, like the first version of Scarface. Used to me. and that, Right. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, okay. So there really are no new stories under the sun, just different versions and whether yeah. they're done well or not done well. Uh, we're going to talk some NBA basketball in a few minutes with Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press, the NBA All-Star game going on. And it is weird that the Minnesota Timberwolves are great. But I do want to get to Tiger Woods in just a moment. So we'll be right back. Before we bring on the worst golfer I know, Jace Frederick, uh, we need to talk about Tiger Woods for a second. Because I find myself... Not in times of trouble, like the song. I, I, I find myself often these days thinking about just all that I've seen in sports through being a little kid to adulthood, being my career, and so forth. And if we were to rank all of the most powerful figures, most impressive athletes, towering figures of sports of my entire life of watching, Tiger Woods has a pretty good argument for being number one. And he's still trying to play and had to pull out of this tournament. I don't know the details. Uh, he said illness, but also was having back spasms. So could you play through illness? Maybe. I don't know if you could play through illness and back spasms. But Tiger's been trying this thing, trying these comebacks over and over. And have coming back from the car accident was incredible to even be able to play again and winning the gosh, what was it? The was the masters, the PGA championship. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm just not as no, it was. Okay. Yep. He won the one, won the masters. Okay. Right. I was just trying to think like, when was that? It was like three, four years ago. Yeah. One of the most impressive accomplishments ever yeah. for somebody his age to come back, to be able to do that. Just wild. And for all of those who grew up watching him or were old enough to have watched him, then you fully felt the breadth of that, of Tiger, this icon, one last ride. It would be like, I don't know, trying to think of a non-steroid user, uh, Pedro Martinez pitching one more time kind of thing, that sort of deal. Like, uh, for the love of the game, Kevin Costner, he's got a perfect game going. That, that's how it felt with Tiger Woods. Like, something cinematic. Yeah. And I wish at that moment that he had just said, I'm done playing golf. And now I'm going to – he owns some mini golf 
places in Florida. I'm going to build more mini golf places in Florida and be a TV analyst or whatever else I want to do and ride off into the sunset. Since then, it's just been more sad than it has been fun. And every time we get very excited, Tiger Woods got an eagle on the first hole. This is amazing. Here he comes. And it's 8 to 18 is a long walk. It's a long walk for a guy with a structurally repaired everything in his body and apparently the flu as well. It's a long walk. And every time it happens, I just watch all of those who are in the same sort of age bracket as myself get really excited. And I don't want to feel sad about watching Tiger Woods play, but that's what ultimately seems to keep ending up happening. And I wonder, is he going to give it one more shot? Is it going to be one more tournament where he just finds it and puts it all together? And the thing that really, really blows my mind about Tiger is that his velocity of the ball coming off of his club is still competitive with the younger players. That is totally bananas. And I think says that strength versus technique uh, is probably a more technical than pure strength sport. Uh, Still, I just, I kind of want it to stop happening. I I want him to stop being the main storyline of tournaments. And then the minute he has to pull out due to injury, then everyone else is left saying, oh, okay, well, is Spieth in it? Oh, that's another thing, by the way. Not to get too far off the, the Tiger Woods topic, but Jordan Spieth signed the wrong number on his golf card and was disqualified from a tournament in a world where they have digital trackers for every single shot. This is, we, as a society, need to have an intervention with golf. Stop with this. Stop with these nonsense traditions that you have. No one cares about them anymore. It doesn't matter if he signed it wrong. You know where it went. You know where the ball went. You've got the tracker for every single golf ball. You don't have to have him sign it. You could just watch it on your little digital thing and know. (laughs) What difference does it make? Have him say sorry and move on. How did you know it was a three instead of a four? Well, you could track every single shot. Just say sorry and move on. That was pretty silly. But with the Tiger thing, just in as overall with golf, it's been clutching on to him still for such a long time. And it's just time to let that go and figure out what golf is going to be. We've got the live golf thing. We've got the PGA trying to hold on to its soul a little bit, but then also hoping for the live golf money. And (laughs) this is, it's in a transition phase where Rory has become a great golfer, but he hasn't become the next Tiger. Spieth is a great golfer. He's not the next Tiger. There's some exciting players, and they're doing the Netflix thing to try to get you to know him a little better, but we haven't had that icon again come along in the same way we had LeBron James follow Michael Jordan. And I wonder where golf will go when finally Tiger Woods is out of the picture and that's not the reason for people to still tune into random golf tournaments like this. Anyway, uh, I mentioned Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press. He's going to come on and explain why the Minnesota Timberwolves might be the best team in basketball. Who knew we'd be saying that at this point? We'll be right back. 
One of the great music videos in history. Once again, old. Just feeling a little bit on the older side today. Um, Matthew Collar in for Steve Thompson. Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press joining me. We're going to talk about the Wolves, basketball, and so forth. But, Jace, I called you the worst golfer that I know as a lead-in. Yeah. Uh, but let me add this to that insult. You're one of my favorite people Let's to golf add with. To that insult. Yeah, add yeah. No, to that to insult. add on. No, 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 no. Not add on to the insult, <laughs> but to like put an addendum to point out that you're one of my favorite people to golf with because you play fast. You got a good attitude. If you hit it in the woods, you don't throw a fit. You just drop another ball and you bring out that hybrid and whack it again. And I use you as an example when I'm telling people who don't golf. And they're like, oh, I'm going to be bad at it. And I'm like, look, I know this guy who's not good at all, but has a great time out there. So that's the, that's the best I can do. I appreciate that. Yeah, my my thing, like, as you're working your way up the course is, like, a yardage, whatever, doesn't matter. Like, the only decision is, like, am I pulling three-wood or hybrid? <laughs> and then we move on from there, we swing it, and you go to the next one. That's 20 yards up. You think again, three-wood or hybrid, three-wood or hybrid, and then you, you swing again. And, uh, yeah, you know, like the one time the ball goes like 140 yards, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It uh, keeps you coming back. I probably go like 10 times a summer. And I enjoy every time, even though uh, the improvement never comes. But that's fine. No, and one of the things that's very important, too, is to not try to help you because that just yes. makes it worse. Yes. You have your own oh, style and you do what right. you do. But I need a physics professor to explain to me how you can pull out a three-wood, swing it as hard as you can, connect with the ball, have it go straight, and have it go 120 yards. But somehow that happens to you, and I don't understand it. Yeah, I know. Like, it's it's like a full swing on, like, a par three or whatever, and people look at you like, why is he pulling that club out? And I hit it. <laughs> and it's like – and then, like, there are occasionally times where it goes on the green, but, like, it's still, like – it's not even, like, people think it's cool. It's like, well, how did that only go that far? <laughs> you know, like, and I can't explain it. Couldn't tell you. You know, like, uh, but, but uh, that is how far I can hit the ball. Your vi- 140 max out. Your victories, though, are extra special, and that's another reason True. it's fun is because when you do pull out that club and you whack it on the green, everybody goes nuts. Everybody celebrates. It's like when they – I shouldn't say that. I should only say this to you in the media room and not on the radio, but it's like when they bring out the towel boy for senior night and they have him shoot a yep. layup and everyone's like, yeah, he did it. <laughs> That's I'm, fair. Yeah. And, you know, that is the good part is, like, it's like I'm never competing against anybody else. Yeah. Like, and, and, like, if you want somebody who's, like, great shot, like, other people have said this, like, they'll hit the ball, you know, like, they're, like, 100 out, and they just put it on the green, and they're, like, the opposite side of the green. And it was not a great shot. But I am the king of the good shot. <laughs> because in, on my spectrum, like, that was incredible. Oh, that that's right. And that's the thing. You're very positive out there for others. And I am guilty of cussing getting a little upset at times because my problem is, see, you're, you're far enough away from being good at this that you can be right. very chill about it. The problem that I run into is when you shoot an 84 on 18 holes, then you're like, wait, I was almost parring this, this, this. It, it's actually like a Viking season where you go, sure. well, if they only didn't throw an interception or they only didn't whatever, then they right. would have been in the playoffs. And I am that person. And that drives you much more crazy than just accepting that you're not great at it. No, the only thing that I ever have to do is like when I go with someone new, who I've never been with before. Like I can't explain to them how I golf. So like <laughs> the first hole, they just have to see it. And from then on out, I'm like, well, now you know what you're getting, you know, like, 
then we move on. And that's it. That's the only thing I care about is like, all right, it's going to be a little bit weird at first when they're like, this guy really sucks and I don't get what he's doing. Um, but then after that, it's like, all right, and now we move forward. But yeah, I hear you. Like, I'm not like, uh, ooh, I hope I can break, if I do this and this, I can break a hundred or anything. It's like, nope, can't do that. Uh, sometimes I might keep score for like four holes and then I'm like, eh, let's just move on here and maybe I'll keep score of like, keep track of an individual hole and see if I can pull out a bogey. Uh, that's it. It's, yeah, it's I, I imagine... I just imagine people playing with you for the first time and the first hole, they're like, oh, it's going to be a long day. But then by the fifth hole, they're like, Jason's awesome to golf with. Anyway, uh, let's talk a little basketball because I'll just keep making fun of your golf game. Uh, Explain it to me how the Wolves are so good. They had most of this team last year, and they were not the best team in the league. Their coach was not coaching the all-star game. I was comparing Rudy Gobert to Herschel Walker at this time right. last year. What the heck happened? I mean, I, I mean, like there are a lot of different things you can point to, and like, like Mike Conley is a better fit for this team than D'Angelo Russell, and all these things. And Carl Anthony Towns even like is there now, um, and obviously was hurt for a lot of last year. Though even when Towns was there to start the year, it was hideous last year. I, I just think the biggest thing in my mind is it is very clear now that Rudy Gobert was playing at like. 65, 70% of himself last year. And this year you are getting, you know, like prime Rudy Gobert and just the massive impact and the tone that that can set on a team. Um, he's, he has always been an elevator of teams. Uh, that, that was very true in Utah. Like they, their baseline was like the worst this is going to be is like the fourth best team in the West. And the worst this is going to be is like the eighth best defense. Even if you have no good defenders around. Um, you know, like, it didn't really make a ton of sense, but they were just consistently night in and night out really good. Um, and last year, I was like, I don't know how this happened. Um, but Rudy Gobert this year is healthy. He is prime Rudy Gobert. And, like, he just, like, he, he really does make everyone around him better because he makes the game, especially defensively, so much easier. And, like, he's a smart player and he's doing the right things. And he's even creating space on offense. Like, people just want to focus on when he gets the ball and maybe, like, Rick's a four-footer, and it's like, oh, my God. Uh, he is he does a great job, like, the screening, just, like, the walling guys off around the rim. Like, if you're coming to the rim, all of a sudden the rim protector's not there because Rudy's basically walled him off. Like, so many things. Um, I, I think that's above all else. There's a lot of little things that go into it. These, this guy got better. They got Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They got Mike Conley. But, like, I really do think, like, from very meh to very great, I think it's Rudy Gobert just being a healthy player this year. Jace Frederick covers the Wolves for the Pioneer Press. Uh, Jace, I, my observation about this team is the vibes are so different because D'Angelo Russell isn't here. And every, mm-hmm. every team that's trying, which is maybe like 15 of them in the NBA, right. every team that's trying, they all have stars, they all have good players, and they all usually have guys who nail threes and could score 50 points on some night. The teams that are good and really exceptional are the ones that play together because any team can have one good guy score a bunch of points and win on a given night against half the league that's tanking. But you need to have a complete conducive unit that gets along together, it seems, and gels. And I think that D'Angelo Russell was the worst person in the world to have in that locker room. I noticed that he's on a lot of teams and they never win. And he always has good shooting percentage. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. Mike Connolly to me is the ultimate. Don't look up his box score to try to figure out, like ask someone 
Ask someone right. about Mike Connolly. Don't look up his box score. His box scores are fine, but it doesn't begin to tell you how much of an impact he's had on this team. That's what I see from the way that they galvanize kind of around his leadership. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I can't explain it enough. Like last year at the beginning of the year when things were going really bad, even when Carl was out there and they were like 500 or below, um, they were just getting run past in like every game and they were losing by in embarrassing fashion to a lot of teams. Uh, it was very much like you'd ask about transition defense and like Ant and D'Lo and all these guys just like, well, what do you, what, what do you want us to do? You got two bigs out there. And like, they would be sitting there and like kind of almost murmuring to each other in the locker room. Like this isn't going to work. Um, yeah. And it would always start with D'Lo, but like Ant's locker free close, you know? And like, when he hears somebody like D'Lo talk about it, it's, it's going to get into his head. Like, yeah, might not, you know, like, and now all of a sudden it's just, it's just kind of seeping into the minds of everybody. Like, this is a bad idea. Rudy, you know, Rudy's not, we can't work with Rudy on offense. We're too slow on defense with Rudy, all these types of things. Um, and then Mike Conley comes and it's like, well, here's what you guys, here's what we have to do. Like, here's how we have to play around Rudy. Here's what you can do to help him and help, help him help you. Um, so you're just getting more positive and frankly, like just better ideologies, just about basketball. And here's how we can make this whole thing work for everybody. Like it's not it's very much like Mike Conley, a lot of times sacrifices his own shot attempts and whatnot. Like he can get a good shot four seconds into the shot clock right off a of Rudy Gobert screen and pull the trigger on a three and good chance he'd knock it down, especially the way he shot the ball this year. But it's constantly just moving it. It's like, I have to be the guy who is showing everybody else that we can move it um, and just create ball movement early in the clock. So somebody else gets a better look and a better rhythm of offense and we can all touch the ball. Um, so it's somebody who's always thinking about what's best for the team here. Um, and what, how can I make sure that everybody feels good about what we're doing versus somebody going, okay, this isn't working well for me. And here, this is who we're blaming for it. Um, it's just, it is a 1000% different dynamic. And it like, it's just, it's very obvious to point to it and say like, that team has a chance to work and that team had no chance to work. Um, and it really does come down to like locker room dynamics. It's a massive thing. My theory on Mike Connolly is when you have a player who does the right thing over and over and over and over and over again, if you have a, they like to look at things per a hundred possessions and right. he would do the right thing on 95 out of a hundred possessions where D'Angelo Russell, even if he made shots might've been stupid and how many of those times on defense was he doing the right thing? And if you have that player, it's just like this rock for everybody else to build around. So you're going to have these ups and downs from big time scorers like Anthony Edwards, who can be volatile and sometimes get a little bit too ball hoggy and a little bit too mid rangey and so forth. But you just got this guy who's doing the right thing over and over and over again at such a valuable position that I think it, it provides like this baseline for them to work with on a night to night basis. I also wanted to ask you about Carl Anthony Towns. He's been through it, man, like over the years, just the early teams not knowing what they're doing around him and then what he went through with his mom and then what he went through with the injury. And this is the the most comfortable Carl Anthony Towns that I have seen since I've been here. I, I Is that because they're winning or is that part of why they're winning? I think it's a big part of it is because they're winning. Um, I think like, and it's the vibes, it's the locker room, it's everybody kind of playing cohesively. And he's always kind of wanted to be a part of something like that. Um, where like, you know, him and Rudy Gobert can have banter back and forth and like make fun of each other. And, and Rudy, like will take jabs at Carl and Carl take jabs at Rudy and they're both laughing about it. You know, like, I think this is kind of, 
the environment he's always wanted. It's what he's always envisioned in a team. And, like, they brought in people around it who just kind of cultivate that themselves so he can just be a part of it. He doesn't have to create it. He can just be a part of it and fit into it. Um, and I think he's really enjoyed that. And, and I think that's also helped, like, the fact that he feels like he has a good relationship with everybody in there and it does feel like everybody's working towards the same common goal and they all just want to win. Like, that makes it, I think, where he is more comfortable than taking on, like, um, criticism and accountability from his teammates and in film sessions and whatnot because it's coming from people who he trusts and he thinks, you know, like have his best interests in heart. It's not like personal attacks as much as like we need to do this to get better. So I think it is a big thing of like what they have created as an organization and a team and just the roster they've built, um, I think has just made it where Towns is happier. Uh, He likes coming in every day because, you know, he generally likes the people and the direction they're in and the general mood and, and that just makes him, I think, more receptive to like, okay, I have to change for this team to win. That's cool because I think everybody in here is wanting to do things to win. Um, so I have no problem fitting into that. Um, and, oh, I need to do this better next game for us to win? Okay, that makes sense because we've also highlighted what player A, B, and C needs to do better. Um, and everybody's kind of taken, taken it all in stride and been accountable. So I think it's just like they finally have created something that he wanted to be a part of. Um, and he's more than happy then to kind of do anything to keep it rolling. Once upon a time, someone should have considered that the personality fit between Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler might have been a bad idea. <laughs> because yeah, this... I do understand, like, wanting to, you know, like, sometimes it can be hard to see those things until you're in it. Right. But right. Th- then it should be pretty quick early on, like, oh, this isn't going to work. Um, but then you're kind of stuck uh, for at least a little while. But you're right. Like, that was just, it was oil and water. Like, it was just not going to work. Um and and especially then, like, if you are going to have those two, then, like, everybody else in the locker room, you have to, like, facilitate the whole rest of the roster to make that work. And I just don't think there was a lot of tact um, when, like, putting together that, that roster and, and giving it the best chance to work. And it was kind of like, what? These are basketball players. They'll figure it out. Um, and it just didn't work out that uh, way. No, it did not. Last thing, and real quick, because I'm late for the break, and not that it matters, uh, but um, when it comes to Anthony Edwards – do you have a comparison for him? Do you have a player who you think he is like at that level? Because on a night-to-night basis, sometimes I think, all right, he's not at the Jason Tatum level. And then other times he looks better than Tatum does. And maybe it has to be more consistent. And then I'm throwing back to, like, is he Vince Carter from back in the day? Like, is that who, is that who he reminds me of? What, what's, your, what's your Anthony Edwards comp? That's a really good question. Uh, I haven't thought about that at all i do think like uh, jason tatum is where you would hope he gets to because jason tatum and can might be even be a little bit better on the ball eventually than jason i mean it is a little better on the ball defensively it's just like jason tatum is probably a better decision maker right now uh, but Ant can get there uh, but i do think that just type of wing um who is very good offensively and can be the guy who is kind of like quote unquote running the offense late uh, he can be that kind of guy, and I think maybe even become a better version of that than Jason Tatum when he gets to be like Jason Tatum's age. Um, I think he can exceed Jason Tatum as a player if like the decision-making continues to come along and he develops in that part of the game. Uh, but just like Tatum is a good one where at least like that is indeed another two-way player um, who who will give you a solid effort on the defensive end and is, and is a pretty big part of his team's defensive success as well as being such a great shot maker and whatnot. But I do think like Ant's ceiling could be higher 
But Brandt, it's always going to come down to how do you continue to progress in the mental part of the game and seeing everything play out and making decisions for yourselves and others that is really helping your team win on a night-to-night basis. And that's where the consistency has to grow, obviously. Jace Frederick, I am excited to see where this team goes for the first time in quite a while. So uh, I will be following along with you at the Pioneer Press for that journey. Thanks so much, man, for coming on. And, uh, hey, this snow's going to melt. we get, we got to golf soon. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I don't know. It's like I, I do think like this team making a run could delay my rounds a little bit. Oh. So that's one downside. There are always downsides that come with things. Well, um, well, and if this team plays into the playoffs, I might not get as much golf in. Oh, no. Oh, we'll figure it out. Then you'll never get better. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jace. We'll take a quick break. We'll return here on Sports Saturday. How much of this song can you play on the radio? Uh, when I watch, <laughs> there's a MTV Classic station, and sometimes I flip through and there's nothing else on. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And the old hip-hop songs did not realize, because I just always went out and bought the CDs, mm-hmm. did not realize how much of it was unplayable <laughs> On radio and TV because I didn't have MTV when I was growing up mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of words in there that you can't use on the radio. Yep. Um, so talking with Jace Frederick about the Wolves last segment, here's the crazy thing about the Wolves to me. Oftentimes in this here Minnesota market, the Twin Cities, we have these teams that are good – and have good players, but you just know there's another shoe to drop. And in 2022 with the Vikings, there's no better example recently than that, where as you were going through the season, they start 8-1, and one, and you're like, wow, I mean, this team under Kevin O'Connell has just got something special here. This is crazy. And then as it went along, they lost by 40 to Dallas and then Indianapolis almost beat them and was up 30 on them. And Green Bay beat them. And you're like, okay, I think that there is a ceiling on this team that is probably the second round of the playoffs at best. And then in the first round of the playoffs, they lost to a bad New York Giants team. And you can go through the examples of similar things with Minnesota sports teams. I could give you. 15. I moved here in 2016. I could give you 15 of them. How about the 2017 Wild that traded for Martin Hansel and thought he was the final piece with Bruce Boudreaux? That was a good team. Martin Hansel and Ryan White. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And Who could I, forget? I remember I remember him uh, being called on a penalty on a, I think it was a two-on-one or something like that, and he just stopped playing. He looked at the ref, and I remember Bruce Boudreaux benched him because he pretty much just took his eye off the game and decided I'm going to shrug my shoulders and look at the refer instead of, you know, playing the game. But yeah, go on. There's always something. There's always something. And there's always a moment like that or the fact that they could not score against the St. Louis Blues despite outshooting them by 500 shots yes. over the series. There's always something that gets in the way. And even when the Wolves had Jimmy Butler, Butler gets hurt late in the season, tries to play through an injury in the playoffs, and they go up against Houston. That was a juggernaut at that point. They had no chance. And the series ends with Charles Barkley and Shaq making fun of Carl Anthony Towns. This has been the story. Even last year's Twins team, which was very good down the stretch, but in the middle of the season, pretty bleh. We go into the playoffs. They win the series. But when they lost their second series, were we shocked? I, not really, because that team was not this big beastly monster of an untouchable team. I'm 
don't need to run through all of them. But I'm saying this just to get to the point about the Wolves. I can't find that feeling with this Wolves team. I'm not telling you they're winning the NBA championship, but I just don't have that. Like It's real. It's what they have. There isn't some sort of ceiling where you go, well, look, you know, this is fun, but something's going to get them or this player is not good enough or this bench issue that they have or this rotation or the coach, Chris Finch, great coach. They've got the right coach. They've got the right superstars at the right times in their career where Carl Anthony Towns is on the other side of a lot of the things that he went through. And Anthony Edwards is just coming into his own as a superstar to go along with the veteran who is playing like a superstar, unlike last year in Rudy Gobert, and it's working. And they had patience with it, and they didn't just fire the coach in the middle of the season, which is probably a lesson for a lot of sports teams, that freaking out and firing your coach isn't always the best idea. And that's where it's strange as a feeling with this team when you watch them and go, yeah, I actually see it. Now, every single night, every quarter, of course not, but... I mean, I see it in the metrics that, you know, like in the offensive and defensive efficiency, they have everything on this team, which makes you wonder how they're going to fall apart in a playoff series. Now, come on. It had to be said. It had to be said. It might be if you ranked all the teams that have been here since I arrived in 2016, it might be the strongest sports team with the best chance to go to a championship. All right. We'll come right back. Sports Saturday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.